0: The thing that you're afraid of saying to him is the thing he's been waiting to hear from you. Mm, it's good. And the thing that you have hidden is the thing he wants to see. And the thing that you think you have to polish over and look like you're doing better is the thing that's holding you back from growing and, and growing in intimacy in your, your relationships. And so I say to all of us, like, say the thing that you need to say and get honest about where you're stuck, because all of us are stuck at some place in our journey with God we will grow until he says, come home. (laughs) You are listening to the famous at home podcast with Dr. Josh and Christy Straub. Because
1: when it's all said and done, we all want to know that we were famous at home. Welcome back to the famous at home podcast. Today, we are continuing our words that matter series. Before we do, here's a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. We're talking about faith today, and if you're listening to this, like, we're recording it, and it's the week of Christmas, so it kind of fits that we're talking about faith the week of Christmas, and I think the big question we want to ask, like, we're, we're talking about words that matter for your family, um, and asking very pointed questions about what really, uh, as it relates to faith, for example, how do these words pertain to your family? How are we doing? Is it... How are we implementing them? How do what's our relationship like with these various words? Because at the end of the day, all these words matter for our family, whether we've paid attention to what they mean or not. And I think for faith, the big question for me is, is what role does faith play in your family? Uh, does your does what is your relationship, your family's relationship with the divine look like? What does your family's relationship with God look like? What does how does that, how does a relationship with God? form your family formation. And I think that's what we're talking about today. And I'd love to, we're going to give some insights into how it shapes us and why that's important. But then also just kind of, I want to make sure that I say this to that. It's not that we're not, we're not trying. There's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. We're not trying to condemn anybody or shame anybody. I think if Holy spirit convicts you of something, I think that's important to pay attention to, but this is more. So we just genuinely believe that faith matters for families and if you've listened to the rethinking the household episode you go back and listen to that one but for us i think this is this is everything
0: yeah well and i think it's so worth talking about because if you've grown up in a family of faith and your faith you have a faith background that's one thing maybe you've seen that lived out in a family setting you know with mom and dad discipling kids maybe you haven't and or maybe you didn't grow up in a family of faith maybe it's something that's new for your family even now maybe it's something you're just exploring maybe it's something, you know, you have, we're all coming from very, very different backgrounds. And so when we say faith, like, what does that actually mean? And a lot of us feel, I think, very ill equipped to know how to, to do this with our own children within our marriage and our homes, because we've either seen it done one way, we've not seen it done at all. Um, We didn't like how it was done in our families and we want to reinvent it or Um, I just think it's, it's pretty rare to see like, yeah, I felt like I was really modeled well and I want to replicate that with my family. But I do hear that more with mentors and where we've seen other families around us or mentor families, you know, those that we look up to and you're like, I want what they have. Um, but I just think it's worth that conversation. And I want to even pull in part of, like, I remember our premarital counseling, they asked us what were was it three things, five things? Of our three. three things from I, our family of origin. Yeah. You I know, know what I'm saying? Were, yeah. yeah. Three. Three things from our family of origin that we wanted to bring into our marriage and three things from our family of origin that we want didn't want to. And that could be anything, but I would, I want to pose that as like the question of faith. Like what are three things about the way your family did or did not do faith that you want to bring in to your new family <laughs> of origin? or from your family of origin into your family. And what are three things you're like, yeah, I wasn't, I didn't love that. Or I wish we had more of that. And I I don't want to include that. And I think that's maybe a, a better place to start evaluating like where you're actually at right now, because we're all coming from such just varied backgrounds and that carries wounds with it. It carries, you know, just um, perspectives that are very different.
1: Yeah. And I think too, you know, in this conversation, it could be. It, I think it should go without saying that there's there. You could have gotten married to someone who had a very different faith background than you had, right. and you're trying to implement that now with your kids, and you're trying to have conversation around what this faith look like in our family. I think those are very important uh, conversations to be having early on. But then, how does that practically play out in your relationship with your kids, with one another? What does that look like? And you know, for us, it is, you know. We're helping families on this on a regular basis. By the way, just want to highlight two quick things for you. Number one, My Kids EQ coaching workshop is active and available online right now. You can get it at MyKidsEQ.com. It starts February 6th. Registration closes January 20th. We would love for you Mm -hmm. to get involved in that. It is a biblically-based program, faith-based program for building emotional intelligence in kids. Cannot wait for you uh, to be a part of that. Can't wait to launch that. But the second thing too is we do coaching intensives that will be, uh, you can reach out to us um, on famousathome.com slash coaching. You see that in show notes, but it's another opportunity to, if this is one of those things where you're like, man, we'd love some coaching around this particular topic as it relates to faith and our marriage and with our family. We'd love to help coach kind of, kind of coach guide you, guide you and coach you through that, um, through those scenarios, because this drives, I think, so much of who we are. And I think at some point, at some point, I genuinely believe this Ecclesiastes three eleven says that eternity is put on our hearts. Like eternity is placed on our hearts. And so the question of faith has to come up at some point or another and in, in our family and our family's life, because it is on your heart. Uh, mm-hmm. You cannot separate yourself from the divine, from the supernatural. It is there. And by the way, if, if you don't believe me that it's there, just turn on your TV screen and watch shows like Stranger Things and all these other things that are going on in the world. I'm telling you, the supernatural is square in your face, whether it's coming from the evil side or the good side. And you've gotta you've gotta answer the question for yourselves and how you're leading your family too. Right. What are your kids' interactions with this stuff? What are your kids' interactions with the supernatural? Because we it it it's important to have conversation around it and We'll talk a little bit practically about how we're doing that, what it means for us as a family, and and how, how we live that out.
0: Well, and I think it's one of those things, like, Josh, you just said, it's not an option anymore, whether it's talked about or not, or addressed in your home, because it's, it is in your face at all times now. I feel like it was something that was kind of brushed under the rug for a season, and now it's just— But I think it's the
1: Church of Laodicea. Revelation chapter 3 talks about the Church of Laodicea, which I believe is the modern-day church. And Jesus is saying to John, in John's prophetic word— is saying, I, I desire that you're either hot or cold, but I don't want you lukewarm or I will spit you out of my mouth. And I think the Western church has been lukewarm for a very long time. We've gotten super comfortable. We haven't had to have, it hasn't been in our faith. You could just go to church on Easter and Christmas and, and do your thing and, and not really have it in your face. It is now in your face and we've got to do something about it. And, and I think that, um, you know, if you don't do something about it, your kids will will force you to have conversation about it at some way at some point because it's going to come up in culture. It's going to come up in their schools. It's going to come up with their friends. It's going to come up somewhere. And I think it's important that we as parents have, have really navigated it. But I also think too, I also think this is an important piece. Inviting your kids into, we talk so much about how it's not parenting, it's becoming. And I think it's also important to say, as it relates to faith, We're inviting our kids into our own journey. We're inviting our kids into our own faith journey. And that is something that I think is a beautiful thing to invite our kids into because we're all on different journeys. We're all at different stages of that spiritual journey. You know, in 1 John, it talks about, John is writing about uh, spiritual children Uh, he's writing to, you know, I write to you because your sins have been forgiven. It's like when we're spiritual children, when we're just infants, we've come to know, oh, my sins are forgiven. This is amazing. And then he's writing to to young men and, and he's saying, you know, I'm writing to you because you've overcome the evil one. It's like we develop a little bit further along in our faith and it's like, wow, not only are my sins forgiven, but I have authority to overcome the evil one. I can pray prayers and I can, I can, uh, take, I can take, take, uh, uh, ground, for God's kingdom on this earth, and I can be fight fighting and mighty. And, and then he says, I write to you fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. It's like we move to this place of loving God for our own sake, to loving God for our the the sake of of um uh overcoming the evil one, the love of, of God for um advancing God's sake. But then you just come to a place where you just love the love of God for God's sake where it's not even about me. It's not about what I can get out of it. It's not about what I can do as a result of it. It's just that I know who God is and I know that I'm loved. And there's a, it's almost like the pinnacle, the climax of just knowing God, loving God. And we ebb and flow on this journey all of the time in and out of, am I working for my relationship with God? Um, is is it just by grace alone? And but then a lot of times it's like, well, if I'm working for it, then it's like, ah, I feel guilty because I, I haven't done enough to receive God's love. Like we're all on this journey. We're all like wrestling with God, wrestling in our relationship with God. And I just think it's beautiful to invite our kids on that journey so that we can meet them on their journey. Because if my kids ever come to me and they have, where they're like, man. I don't even know if God exists because X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. I'm not freaking out about it because I'm like, oh, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, You know, and I can enter, and Jude writes, be merciful to those who doubt. I just think it's wise for us to be with one another on the journey because there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. And number two, his love for each of us, his love for his children is so profound. So it's out of, literally out of this world. And I, I don't even think we can fathom it. Um, you don't even know how deep and how wide and the love of God is for you and He's chasing you.
0: Well, and I think experiencing grace, like once you actually have experienced and tasted grace to be able to flow that through you into your children, like for me that was a concept that Like I can't teach grace to you unless I've experienced it myself. Mm, It's good. Like there's no possible way. Like otherwise it's just a word, which I do realize we're talking about words for your your family. But that word grace means nothing until I've experienced and felt grace. And then I can give that to my kids and talk about like how this intersects with my kids EQ. I think so often we feel so ill-equipped in in teaching these things to our children, you know, it talks about like to teach them when you walk along the way, and when we sit down for meals, and you know, as we tuck them in a bed at night, it's like we feel that tension within us when we're trying to tell them something or teach them something, like "Do as I say, not as I do," because we're not living it. Like we're not actually sitting with the Father. We're not actually like coming into His presence. We're not filled with the Spirit. We're not praying we're asking them to pray you know I think obviously like they see right through that and so that's even part of with my kids EQ like this is such a spirit and truth um, training for all of us because that's what's required I think to raise the next generation of kids that are going to have to fight against the principalities of this dark age and so in order to equip them they need to be equipped by parents that are equipped and I you cannot give them what you don't know or don't have. And I think when it comes to their emotional state, when it comes to their spiritual development, like you cannot separate the two. And that's where we feel so strongly that in order to raise up a next generation, like you need both. Like I can't just teach you emotional control or coaching principles and like you're going to be great. You have to balance that with also growing in the fruit of the spirit. And we have to be doing that ourselves as moms and dads. And I think that's where a lot of us have just felt back to the ill equipped. Like we just haven't been, we don't feel like we've been well discipled really. And so how do we do that with our own kids when we still feel that lack this, that's where this transparency thing comes in beautifully is like sharing with your kids, the journey, like, and, sharing it that's unique to you because like the way Josh experiences the father is different than the way I do. The way I pray is different than the way Josh prays. But what I see is so beautiful about that is that we're giving our kids such a varied way of seeking God, experiencing God, following him, growing, because I'm not telling them this is the way. I'm saying this is my way. Like your way is going to be so different i know that our son and daughter are older two for example experience god very differently one right. and i right now that has caused comparison and competition because one has seen like angels has seen the lord one has seen like one hears from the lord one feel you know and it's like well i i haven't heard from him and i haven't i how do you know that's not why is that fair and this, it becomes this competition. I'm like, you're going to experience this your whole life long. That's exactly it. And the beauty of like, this is, you know, and we can talk about that yeah, a little I think, bit. Let's talk but- about it.
1: So we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, let's dive into the practical because I want to ask you, and you can ask me too, and we can bounce back and forth. But what we want to do is get into the practical. How, what does this look like in our home? How are we living this out? And what are some ways that you can take principles uh, of faith apply them into your home no matter what part of this journey you're on how do you start having these conversations and make this a priority in your home okay so Christy how you're talking about the kids having this uh, this competition it's almost like and I and it's competition but it's also like I don't even see this competition it's like man I and this is the way I feel it too it's like I wish I had that. Right. I wish I could experience God the way that that person experiences God. Right. And, and I think that's a lot of times that we feel. And then there's this sense of like, well, maybe God has, has, has um, left. Maybe he forgot about me. Yeah. Maybe he's left yeah. me high and dry. Yeah. And I think we want to start there with a sense of like. That's so real. How do we. What if we have felt like God has left us high and dry? Mm. What if we've lived a very difficult life? We're not sure we can trust God. And especially to bring him into our family and yeah. to make our lives revolve around him. Um, I think those are important conversations to think through.
0: Yeah. Oh, and how do you so that and okay, let's just start at the you know, that person, that groundwork, if that resonates with you. So so many of us have been taught to just spiritually bypass all of those feelings and just slap a Bible verse on it and call it faith. And just, if you have just a little more faith and I choose to, to a point, I totally understand that there are places where like, we just don't know, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand the mysteries of God and of the world and why this happens to certain people. And, and we will drive ourselves crazy find, trying to find out. And I think it also is trying to elevate us to a status of God where we have wisdom and answers for every situation and we won't. And that is a futile end in and of itself. Um, so there is a innocent humility in just expressing that faith that God, I don't understand this. And yet I believe you're good. And yet I, I love you. And yet I will still try to, I want to follow you, but here's where I want to go back. And I think this is where a lot of us have been wounded by other believers, the church, you know, fill in your blank where (laughs) you were hurt. But when we're taught to spiritually bypass what actually is a real experience of ours and real emotions, because that I don't think is helpful in the whole person developing as a follower of God, because he wants to know all of us, not just the like, I'm really, I don't want to show you that part of me because I, uh, it's flawed or I don't understand. So I'm just going to fake it. And we we, we work with this all the time, every week with clients who they have bypassed so many things in their life. And so they become adults and they're like, yes, they're followers of Jesus, but they don't have, they don't actually have a real relationship with Jesus because they're not their real self with him. (laughs) They're this, this Christianized version of, of church goer Mm -hmm. and a follower. They're not themselves. They're not Christy and Josh before God, fully known and fully loved with all of our stuff. And so if there is a place in you where you are feeling everything Josh said, you know, that maybe there's resentment, maybe there's bitterness, maybe there's belief that God actually didn't come through for me. So I can sing all the songs I want and say that he has when he, I, I I'm really ticked off. I'm really angry. I feel betrayed. I feel hurt. And I, I think every single one of us, if we're honest, would say, yeah, that's happened to me. Like, yes, I've been there. And to bring that before God in total honesty and humility and just lay it before him and say, say it out loud. Write it down. Actually state it. Because I promise you, the thing that you're afraid of saying to him is the thing he's been waiting to hear from you. Mm, it's good. And the thing that you have hidden is the thing he wants to see. And the thing that you think you have to polish over and look like you're doing better is the thing that's holding you back from growing and, and growing in intimacy in your, your relationships. And so I say to all of us like, say the thing that you need to say and get honest about where you're stuck because all of us are stuck at some place in our journey with God. We will grow until he says, come home. <laughs> and when we're done, then we will, we will know him fully and not until then. And so, until then, we are still going to struggle every day. And we need to a show our kids that that is a reality. Because if we act like we are full of faith, we have zero doubt, we have, um, we're completely surrendered at all times, and we don't struggle, what does that teach anyone? I, I struggle with that, even coming from pulpits where I'm like, I'm looking at some polished version of you, and it's not real. And all it does is put shame on those that are trying to listen and trying to grow to think that like, shoot, like, man, they've got it together and I suck. (laughs) And I think I just, I don't see that in the kingdom of God. I see God, I see Jesus getting down in the dirt with everyone and saying, I see you and I love you still. Mm. But come, come to me with all, like all you who are weary, with all your heavy burdens and I'll give you rest. And the only way to be truly at rest is to be, have given over the things that you keep holding on to. And I think that's what we haven't seen. And I, I'm, I, I hear, I just, I hear the judgment in my own voice when I say that. I don't want to, I'm not throwing stones at people. I think just as humans, we're not really great at showing that side of ourselves. We like to look like we have things together. And uh, my encouragement is to show those that are safe within the four walls of our home that, He is good and he is kind and he is merciful and he will walk with us along the journey and he will keep saying, good job, daughter. Like, good job, son. Keep going. I think that's what he's saying to us most days. Keep going. And we hear a very different message in our own heads and sometimes that gets communicated to our kids.
1: So good. Wow. I think what I love about that is that personal—it's the personal challenge to me of who am I presenting myself to before God and where are my hang-ups with that? I grew up as a uh, Lutheran. I grew up in the Lutheran church. I was taught infant baptism. Once you're baptized as an infant, you're saved. Um, and I think the—I I went from Lutheranism to Methodist to. Uh, got my master's degree at Christian Missionary Alliance, was in Christian Missionary Alliance denomination, which is A.W. Tozer and A.B. Simpson and and just a lot of giants there, incredible denomination. And then I um, was in the Baptist world. And then now all of a sudden, you know, we're in the charismatic and Pentecostal type spaces. And and I've had, and then at the same time too, I pull and I love for, I a spiritual director who helps me pull from Catholic tradition, And what I, the reason I say all that journey is because I've been through, I feel like so many denominational journeys in my life and every single one of them, what I have been able to do is pull the good from every Mm -hmm. single one of them in order to experience God's love for me at a level like I've never felt God's love for me. And, and I think that's the key is. You know, John says we love because he first loved us. Our ability to truly love other people is because of the love that he has for us. And for me, experiencing how amazing he is, then therefore, and I'm speaking this to all of us, because this understanding, I think, of the gospel is we have to tell ourselves the gospel every single day in order to... It's like Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, I die daily, I die Mm -hmm. every day. Like I think we have to be telling ourselves the gospel every day so that we can then emulate that for our kids and and have that exude our own house. Genesis 1, God created the world in beauty. Every day something was good that he created. Mm -hmm. When he created humans, it was very good. We were created in beauty and harmony and awesomeness. What happened in Genesis 3, though, was sin entered the world. And I think so often as churches, we, uh, Jeremy, I think Jeremy Pryor for showing me this kind of framework. But in Genesis 3, so many churches today start with the gospel at Genesis 3 rather than Genesis 1. So we start with sin. You're a sinful human being in need of a Savior, and we go from Genesis 3 to the cross. But the reality is the Bible goes from Genesis 1 to Revelation. And the message of salvation is in the middle of that. And in fact, I think it enhances the message of salvation. It doesn't take away from it. But what it means is that the world was created in beauty. We were created in goodness and beauty, and we're going to return to that Mm. because Jesus is making all things new. So once you're saved as a Christian, it's not like you're just waiting for the stinking, for the world to end and and all the crap that we're living in, you know, for the world to get blown up and wasted, and then we live in harmony in heaven for the rest of our lives. No, heaven will literally come down into a new earth. We will live in a new earth, fully embodied one day. And once we're saved, we get to live for that. We get to be we get to be partners with Jesus in making all things new. And I NT Wright has helped me understand this in his book Surprised by Hope more than any other book. Like I genuinely believe this is the beauty of what we get to instill in our kids. So I give you that framework in addition to what Christy's framework was, because I want I think it's important that we have a framework for what the gospel is, because there's so many things that we're taught throughout our lives that can cloud and plague our understanding of faith. And then that just gets transferred to our kids. And I just want to say it's beautiful. It is good. And you are so loved by God. You are his daughter, you are his son. And we get to be a part of building for the kingdom by loving our neighbor as ourselves. I love in, in John Burke writes in the book, imagine heaven. He says, you know, everybody wants to change the world, but nobody wants to go love their neighbor. And I think, wow, like that's fascinating because what it does is it shows our desire for fame in the world more so than it does to seek humility and love our neighbor. Well, to build God's kingdom. And I think, Ultimately, when you receive the love of God, you can't help but go love your neighbor. Uh, Paul writes, we are compelled to his love. And so I wanted to give you that framework because I think these two frameworks that you just hear right here are what help our house. And what they're the lenses, they're the worldviews through which we guide our kids and we lead our kids.
0: I'm just having a moment. You have no idea. I haven't told you this, but... If I had my journal here, I could read it to you. This morning when I woke up, what I kept hearing in my spirit, the very first thing, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but that state between sleep and wake is probably, when they call like the veil is the thinnest between heaven and earth. And I don't pick up your phone first thing in the morning or right before bed because you will hear things from God. If you are struggling to hear the voice of God, and I'm not saying an audible voice, I'm saying a still small voice in Mm -hmm. your spirit that comes out of nowhere. You just know it. I think it's where we all struggle. Like, was that me or was that, if it's in line with the word of God, I'm just gonna, it's, I think you should trust that it's the Lord's voice. But in my spirit this morning, the very first thing that I heard was, there is beauty in every area of your life. Hmm. That was the exact line. And I wrote it down. There is beauty in every area of your life. And as I was journaling this morning, I felt the Lord kept saying to me, instead of looking for the spots of dark, which I'm an Enneagram one, we talk about this um, in our coaching but you know, brain retraining if you're 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 scanning the horizon looking for threat right you're looking for the next thing coming you're looking for the dark spots basically that's what happens when you've experienced trauma and um, it's just a, it makes sense that you would scan scan for threat but what's i was like lord how do you like how do you fix this then like what do, what do you want me to look for and he said call it good so like literally say and it was like he was saying I, I used the line, it is good. I was like, yes, you did.
1: <laughs> so it.
0: right, call it, it is good. And you just talked about the goodness and beauty. And I just, I think that's the word of the Lord for all of us. Like, look for what is good and call it out and say, it is good. And then also look for the beauty in every area of your life because it's there.
1: And so I think I love it. And I think practically speaking, then what that looks like for us is like, and I'm just going to throw out this, this crazy example, um, that's in the here and now and, and, and and affecting us in our everyday lives and our marriage. But like, you know, we have this big car payment coming up, uh, not a car payment. We, we, we own our car, but it is well-loved it's older and it needs some work and it's going to cost a good bit of money to get it fixed and we're weighing like is it worth getting it fixed or is it worth just getting something else and we're at a point where we're like well it's worth getting it fixed but just today in the midst of this there's this like despair if you will that is like oh like that's clouding over us like and one of the things Christy said was and I'm uh we're having a coaching session on our podcast right now live. And, um, <laughs> one of the things Christy said was, you know, I just wish that this thing was a little bit more, um, what'd you say to me? It was, uh, uh, that it's not as nice as what you wish it could be. It's been, uh, feels like a, oh. like a piece of junk or something. I don't know.
0: Oh, it's a little ghetto.
1: And, and I'm like, it is actually well loved. It is good.
0: That's the way you see the beauty. Because it
1: is, its got, it's <laughs> yeah. got love marks all over it. I can tell you what most of the dings on the outside are from our kids, from scooters and bikes, uh, basketball hoops falling over on it. I can tell you there's so much. It is That's a well-loved, it is good. And, and I think that is one of those frameworks where it's like in the day-to-day lives, in our day-to-day lives, when we have something that blindsides us, like a massive carpet, like a mechanical issue that we've got to pay a lot of money to fix. And this isn't just the first one. This has been, it's been multiple, but it's like, you start to look at it and you start to go, well, this is the cost of owning a vehicle. They are liabilities. And at the same time too, like God, it could be so much worse. There could be many, many other things uh, that we could be worried about right now. And there's no reason to be worried because he's got us. I have faith that this will be redeemable at some level at one time or another. And we just have to work through our emotions and we have to work through the stuff that's there. But that, that, that then goes into every area of our lives. So practically speaking, does it look like that we're doing devotions every single day with our kids at 7 a.m and then at 7 p.m. before they go to bed and we, everyone's got their Bibles and their journals in hand and yeah, we do that every single day every no I'm just kidding we don't. Um, <laughs> it, that, like that's just unrealistic, right? Like it's like we no, have
0: been doing 25 days of the Christmas story. at We've night. been doing
1: 25 days of Christmas story by the way, Merry Christmas to you all this week. Um, it's like we've been doing 25 days of the Christmas story.
0: but like we don't do it great. All the other months we're of reading, the year.
1: but but there are times where we're, but but my whole point is, is there's a time and a season for every matter under heaven. Yeah. There are seasons where we yep. have read through, um, the adventure Bible, there are yeah. seasons where we have read through and we're getting ready to start the Chronicles of Narnia, right? And 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 we read certain things, or we're, or, but 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 the other component of this is it's it's an ongoing conversation in our home, faith. We filter faith through every decision that we make as a family, particularly how we treat people. Are we forgiving them? Are we um, are we quick to listen? Are we slow to get angry? Um, what does our relationship with church look like? Are we going on Easter or, and Christmas, or are we making it an integral part of our lives where we're serving and going when we can, mm-hmm. and are we prioritizing it as something that's very important or something that is... Eh, it's, you know what, we need rest as a family today. Let's just rest. Let's just, for us, we've prioritized rest on Saturday so that we're not going, oh, Sunday, we're exhausted from Saturday and therefore church gets put on the back burner. No, we want our kids to realize this is a priority. This is something we highly value, that being with people is very, very important. We have a conversation coming up with Sandra Stanley, Andy and Sandra Stanley. Andy started North Point Ministries Um Many, many years ago, incredible, incredible ministry. They, I can't wait for you to hear this interview. But one of the things that Sandra told me, they have been, she and Andy Stanley have been in a small group every single season of their life for the last, and now they're currently in one with other empty nesters where they're talking about their adult children and helping each other with their. And she said to me in this interview, and it'll come out in January, I can't wait for you to hear it, but it said, she said, I genuinely believe that surrounding yourself with other believers is the single most important thing that you can do in your Mm -hmm. faith walk. Yes, we're busy. Yes, we've got busy schedules. Don't neglect small group. Don't neglect meeting with the fellowship of believers. She said that has been the single biggest thing that has kept us together and kept us. I can't remember her exact words. I don't want to misquote her. You'll hear it coming up. But I thought, wow, I think if you want to grow in faith in your home, surround yourself with other people living it
0: and i think sometimes it's just as, about as simple as that like i think we make complicated things or things feel more complicated that's than they are really
1: a good statement yeah
0: you know it's just it
1: doesn't need to be super complicated don't feel guilt if you're feeling guilt like oh my gosh i'm not praying with my kids i'm not doing a devotional with my kids you guys seem so don't feel that guilt like that's not coming like that's if there's conviction conviction will come from the lord but don't let guilt... Com- Listen, you are covered in grace upon grace. And this is a growth process. Like I said earlier in the podcast episode, we're just growing from one stage to another. Invite your kids into that and be open about conversation about God in your home. Just yeah. like we talk about having emotions be important as a conversation in your home. Let God be a conversation in your home.
0: Right. With the fr- but do you like the freedom you're talking about there? I think that's where you feel the spirit of religion where it becomes this like we must every day read the you know do this devotional as a family and i don't think like where the spirit of the lord is there's freedom there's liberty and i'm not saying that means we it certainly does not mean we fly off the angel and we don't do any of these things it means like asking the holy spirit for discernment of what's the next thing that your family needs to grow in in in, in like the next step of the walk and it's not the same step for every part of the walk. And I think if we keep like beating a dead horse, like doing the same thing, cause we're like, we must do it. And I've, I've watched certain families do that. And you see the kids respond in rebellion because it's like, they real there's no freedom in it. They don't yes. feel the freedom of God. They don't feel the spirit of God there because it's coming with a heavy hand. And I don't, I just want, I just, for all of us to just be, I think careful in the way we do implement things with our kids that we do them with this, like truly in the spirit of love and the compassion and the, just the freedom and grace of God, as opposed to this. It's like when you're trying to get your kids into sports or something, it's out of this fear-based thing. Like you feel when it's not just for just pure delight and love of the sport um, just like it's not for the pure delight and love of God, it's for some fear-based motive. And I, I think for all of us to just be aware, our kids pick up on that so fast and this of anything, I just always want our children to realize this is a, this is an opportunity, it's a gift. this is a this is a journey that your whole life, you will continue on and I don't want to wear you out or club you down with, you know, too much memory verses or, you know, things that feel like busy work, you know, or, or again, just heavy handed and make it feel like something that is not God because that's not his spirit. And he draws us and he woos us and he gives us grace and he lifts our burdens. He doesn't add them. And so, to just pay attention for all of us where we start to get stuck in that rut because I've been there where it starts to feel especially as a homeschooling mom and you know have like we were following this curriculum where we had to teach bible every day and I actually I grew to love it I loved it so much and I loved the kids were learning it but I watched in them the resistance start to grow because they were just growing tired of it honestly and I had to pay attention that I was like I think it's time for because I don't want you to ever tire of the word of God. And I don't want to be the reason that you do.
1: And I think with that, there's so many decisions that you make whenever faith becomes part of your journey. Like Christy said, we homeschool. We're careful about the television shows that they're watching. We're careful about the music we're all listening to. There's going to be many, many decisions that you make along the way because your faith is going to come... the. Your faith is going to uh, inform those decisions that you make. But I think at the end of the day, what Christy's talking about and getting at is that when you experience the love of God for you in such a beautiful, radical way, you're going to want to be reading the Bible. Your kids are going to be wanting to do these things. But that's got to be that the love of God is compelling you to do those things. That is not the world or religiosity or that type of thing pushing you to do those things. It's that his love has so overwhelmed my heart that I have that I cannot not lead my family on a faith journey yeah. and make faith an integral part of the way that we live our lives. And so I hope that's helpful for you today. I hope you feel more free than you do. Um, uh,
0: shamed shamed i don't want you to <laughs> yeah. feel
1: shamed in this journey in any way shape or form i want you to feel the love of god for you yeah. it, it begins and ends there yeah and i think the that tenderness of god that is the that is the single greatest key we can list a group of books in the show notes that might help you on that journey um i know a lot of times we get questions like what books would you recommend where would you start um we will put some books in the show notes uh, today on this episode to kind of, if you're a reader and you want to kind of start moving through that journey, uh, just uh, go to the show notes and you'll see some books that we recommend there.
0: And apps. We can add some of the apps yeah, that we use for ourselves and for our kids.
1: Yeah. I'll name some of those real quickly. Abba's child would be one from Brendan Manning. Um, the discipline of grace is another one that we're currently, that I would currently recommend. Um, Pray as you go. Lectio 365. And Lectio 365 for families, incredible apps. I would also include the Wild at Heart app. Um, mm-hmm. There's a number of prayers in there that we pray to consecrate our home, head of household, prayers, that type of thing that we just um, really would highly encourage you enter into if you're looking into this journey. And so, um, and again, don't forget about the coaching and the My Kids EQ coming up, the the workshop, the coaching workshop. Uh, as you can see, this is this is just a part of everything that we do, our faith and Um, anytime that we get the journey with somebody, um, we, uh, love to be able to make that a part of our relationship with you. And so, um, yeah, that's what I got.
0: That's enough.
1: If this episode was important to you, if any of this series has been important to you, please go leave us a review. Uh, and if the famous at home book or any of the products that we have, please go to Amazon, leave a review, let others know about it. Until next week, keep in mind that the greatest red carpet you'll ever walk is through your front door.
0: Keep being famous at home.